Amen. Please be seated. Just before I preach on why the next milestone of why we pray. Oh, okay, I'm recording. I have to be on the stage. Um, I just want to open it, this up this morning, and I just want us to, to, before I start preaching and sharing a little few of my thoughts with you, I just want to um, open up for prayer this morning. My prayer this morning is that the Lord would open the eyes of our hearts, that we would know the hope to which we've been called, God's immeasurable greatness towards us. I think prayer is such a beautiful topic and, you know, I'm also aware that there's no amount of brilliance that I'm going to bring that is really going to give any kind of credit to this topic. But I trust that God and the power of the Holy Spirit has got something to share with you today and that my words and my experience and my thoughts and maybe a little bit of wisdom my prayer is that, that it will prompt what God wants to speak to you about this morning, to remind you that he is at work in your life, that the scriptures tell us that there is nothing that is beyond God's knowledge of you, what you are walking through, the joys, the, the challenges, the highs, the lows. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows, <laughs> for Bredo, it's easy. Um, he knows our thoughts. He knows when we sit. He knows when we stand. And so I trust that the Lord this morning is going to speak to you. And so this morning, I, this um, message is kind of going to be us together. It's going to be a collective thought um, around why we pray, why you pray. And my prayer is that it gives testimony to the fact that we serve an awesome God, a loving God, a kind God, a God that is at work in our lives in every moment, a God that has not forgotten you, a God this morning that wants to remind you that you are deeply loved, that whatever you're walking through, that the Lord is walking with you, and that as a community, we do this together. As I get older, I'm also reminded of the fact that in my experience that prayer is possibly one of the greatest acts of love in our modern-day busy lives. The fact that people would sacrifice their time to be on their knees to pray for me when I travel, is testimony to what I think God is doing in and through me, in and through us. I believe wholeheartedly it's the prayer of the saints that has always walked before this church, before Brett and I, and upheld us in prayer. And my prayer as I get older is that I will continue to be able to bring that gift to other people as well. Because I believe that prayer is... Um, yeah, that, yeah, it's an act of love. 
as we create space for the Lord to love us, we then give that as a gift and an offering to other people. So let's open up this morning. If you feel prompted, let's just start this morning in prayer as we talk about prayer. So will you join me in prayer? Father, I just surrender (coughs) these few words that I'm going to share to you this morning. And Lord, I thank you that this morning that you are already at work in our lives, that you are with us. I thank you for your promises for each one of us. And I pray, Lord God, that we would walk in the truth of those promises, even in the midst of unanswered, what seemingly is unanswered prayer, challenges and trials that we go through. I pray today, Lord, that we would feel your presence and your nearness. I pray that you would remove the barriers, Lord God, uh, that we put up sometimes as a self-protection, that you'd help us to be vulnerable and open. And I pray, Lord God, that you would give us vision and hope and trust, that you would increase our trust in you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, before we started our prayer, um, Jaron Barker, I don't think the Barkers are here this morning, but when he was praying, he kind of said this profound thing that I wrote down during prayer, because I'm always trying to be open to the way that the Lord's speaking in and through all of us. And he said this, he said in the prayer, we carry things in our heart that you have set us free from. Such a simple statement, but so much wisdom in it. And I was thinking about it in the context of prayer, and to me, this simple statement really probably captures the essence of prayer, that we carry things in our heart, our burdens, our worries, our concerns, our fears, our condemnation, our shame, our hopes, our dreams, that you have set us free from. It is in Christ that we have hope, that we have promise, that we have new beginnings, that we have transformation, that we have restoration. And at its foundation, I believe that that's what prayer is all all about. It's about transformation. It's about the transformation of me. It's about the transformation of you. And it's about the transformation of whole communities. I've had the privilege of... um, As a result of my travel, for those of you who don't know, I've spent 25 years working um, uh, alongside the persecuted church um, who often uh, experience the most horrendous human rights abuses. And I've sat in the depths of despair many, many times with people who have gone through indescribable suffering. And... There's been so many moments that I've sat and I've thought, why pray? It seems like everything's lost. And yet it's at those moments what I've noticed is that that is where Jesus often resides. In those vulnerable moments of pain and suffering, I've seen the power of God at work in people's lives over and over and over again. I love this statement by um, Joan Chittister. The hope we bring to others becomes 
one sure gift we have to give to those in pain. I think prayer is the gateway to hope. It's the gateway to transformation and it's the gateway to newness. That we can carry the space for people who are in the midst of uncertainty and a depth of pain and suffering that is often too difficult for them to carry. In the midst of pain, we know that our, our vision can often be distorted. It means that our vision can often be marred. And yet it is the gift of prayer that gives us new perspective. It's the gift of prayer that brings us um, a sense of tenacity, a sense of resilience, a sense of capacity to be able to bounce back. In Ephesians, it says that um, God can do immeasurably more than anything we could ever ask, dream or imagine according to his power at work within us. And of course, we know that that's a spiritual gift because that's what it says in Ephesians 3, that it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual imparting and a gift that God gives us in the midst of all circumstances that we've walked through. And the crazy thing for me is I've also sat at the hands of people who have had miraculous healing in a moment. I sat with a guy when he was, I was in Colombia once. He was from a poor, very poor, um, horrific part of Colombia. And I sat with him and through an interpreter, he told me that his mouth was so bad that he was in excruciating pain. And that he went to sleep one night and the next morning he woke up and his whole mouth had been um, the Lord had fixed his teeth and he showed me his teeth. I have been in a situation in the Middle East with someone who had a cleft palate and the Lord had healed him completely. And I was going through a really challenging time. Um, I was kind of struggling with um, some challenges back home and um, we were in prayer and I was praying with these brothers. They were amazing, big, tall um, men and uh, they didn't speak English. They didn't speak a word of English. I had an interpreter. And at one point, one of the brothers who had the healing of his cleft palate um, started praying in tongues but his tongues was English. And I heard every word of what he was, what he was praying. Sorry, didn't, he got get emotional. I'm like, God, you are amazing. You are amazing. And then I've never quite been able to work out the, the, the challenge, you know, of these crazy miracles. And then the other hand, I've also walked myself. I didn't grow up in a Christian home and I prayed for my father for 16 years until three or four hours before he actually passed away. He said, Jen, Jen, can you pray for me? I was uh, fortunate enough to be discipled by a beautiful old lady. Most of you would have known Eve Ewers. And she prayed for her ex-husband. I think it was Bernie may be able to share this story. 30-something years and I think there's courage in our capacity to hold on to the truth. And I love what Jaron said, we carry things in our heart that you have set us free from. But the waiting's tough, right? The unanswered prayer can be a tough terrain for all of us. The moments when we're on our knees crying out for things 
expectations we have that are not quite met. I stole this from one of the sermons that Brett <laughs> shared in Cambo and I'm hoping he might be able to share it. It's called um, In the Waiting, Waiting for Unanswered Prayer. And he wrote this in his sermon. Waiting on God is sometimes very difficult. We want things to happen in our own timing according to our plans. We want God to answer our prayers or our cries for help to deliver us, provide for us, give us breakthrough, send help, make it happen, give us the miracle. Bring healing, restore that relationship, give us a partner, save our children, make a way. Whatever our prayer might be, whatever the desire of our heart might be, whatever our request, our need, our want, there are times when we have to wait for God to act. It can, however, be painful, frustrating, disappointing, hard, confusing and deeply challenging. Holding space is not an easy thing to do, but I think it's a courageous thing to do and I think it's the calling of the church. We have to learn to hold space when people are vulnerable and when unanswered prayer is at a point when we um, all feel vulnerable, not understanding, feeling confused, it's at these moments often we ask, or I have at least, why do we pray at all? What's the use? But waiting on God changes us, right? If I look back now, I'm a little bit older than some of you, 54. I have hindsight and I can see the transformational work that God has done in my life that strengthens me. So we wait on the Lord to act, to deliver, to answer our prayers, to renew our strength, to do what only God can do. We wait on him because he is our God and we are not. As we wait on the Lord, he changes us and he strengthens us. As the testimony time and time again of you know, people that I've sat with, even who have gone through horrific, horrendous situations, the team that I've sat with who went through ISIS, the transformational work of God in their life is a miracle in and of itself. It is an answered prayer. It may not be the prayer that I was potentially praying for or interceding for, but God is bigger and God is greater. And so the challenge for me is always trusting in the character of God and the trueness of God and the promises of God because God is true, God is faithful, and I have to learn to be obedient to that in the midst of prayer because God is doing a work in my life as well, as he strengthens me, as he shows me, as he teaches me to wait and to look, to notice. And so I'm trying to learn in the midst of my own unanswered prayers or frustration when I'm praying and interceding to look, to hear, to notice, to encourage, to sit, to be reminded of scripture again. I have a scripture that I want to share with you and I'm going to give you a minute because I want you to ponder on this. I love this in the message version where it says, when my soul is at the dumps, I rehearse everything I know of you. From Jordan, from Jordan Depths to Hermon Heights, including Mount Miser, chaos calls to chaos, to the time of water, white water rapids, you're breaking surf, your thundering 
breakers crash and crush me. Then God promises to love me all day, sing songs through the night. My life is God's prayer. How beautiful is that last statement in the message? My life is God's prayer. Have you ever thought about that, that the Lord is interceding on our behalf? Who is God that he's mindful of us, right? That he's interceding for you, for me, for the church. And so I just want to give you five minutes. And I want to invite the Lord to speak to you this morning. How might this scripture encourage you as you sit and you read it what does the Lord want to say to you today how might the Lord want to encourage you as you wait on him